This is a HeadGum Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week. Cocoa, Fruity, Frosted, and Blueberry. And it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, so the past few days I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside uh, for instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, so I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, but if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there Oh, that rush, Jack. Mm. That exhilaration. It's like being on a roller coaster at the top of the peak mm. right before the plunge, yeah. starting an episode of the Babysitter's Club Club with you. It really is. Yeah, my heart is racing. Yeah. That's like falling in love all over again. My heart is racing. I'm fully erect. Okay. And I'm ready to podcast. Okay. That's great. That's nice to hear. And you? Uh, all of those things, too, honestly. I yep. was kind of going through the checklist, and it's all the same for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's nice. And it's nice that we're kind of so attuned. Synced up. You know, we've been friends for a long time. We've been doing this podcast for a long time. And yep. our, we're synced up in yep. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that with dudes, like when you've been friends for a long time, your your boners do sync up. Yeah, if you like live together, <laughs> you've been friends for a long time, your yeah. boners do and sync up. And that's just science. Um, <laughs> and 
we're we're talking about a book this week, and something interesting happened to us this week, didn't it? That wasn't it interesting what happened to well, us. Well, there's there's a masculine energy to the show, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. We finally got um we can finally get a man's point of view. Right. For these books. And we've been waiting for a long time. Patiently, right. I think. Patiently. Yeah. We can finally talk about guy stuff. We can finally talk about guy stuff and yeah. feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. And also, Jack, mm. I, Tanner Greenring. Mm-hmm. And I, Jack Shepard. Tr- no, you you didn't, okay. but I did. Okay. Do some traveling this week. Oh, really? Where'd you go? Well, I was walking through Inverness, in uh, Scotland. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a nice vacation. And I found some standing stones. Okay. At a site called Crach na Dun. Okay. And I walked through them, I okay. think. Looking for the gift shop. And became a baby guy. Oh, you did? Oh, wow. Okay. And I'm the same guy, but I'm a baby guy, and I'm in 1743. Okay. And a group of Scottish Highlanders found me, Clan McKenzie, and they made me their healer, and they're on the run from Captain... Blackjack, Randall, and that's okay. you. Okay, okay, and that's me. And I'm, I'm a baby guy. And, you're the, and that's you. You're a baby guy, and you're a baby guy. Yep. And, I'm and you're Captain an English Blackjack, Randall. And are you going to cheat on your spouse while you're in yep. the past because you don't think it counts as cheating if she's not born yet? It doesn't count. I'm actually going to marry a whole new person. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Weirdly, he, his name is also Jamie. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is. Makes it easier. And is he played by the same actor? As? As Jamie? No. Are you sure? I think my husband yeah. plays, my husband in the current time, yeah. in 2019, mm-hmm. when we were recording this podcast, yeah. is played by the same guy who plays Captain Blackjack Randall. Oh, really? Okay. Because he's his ancestor. All I know is what Sarah tells me. Yeah, about how this the universe works that you that we've kind of stumbled into. My modern day husband Frank, yeah, is actually the descendant of the bad guy in the show, Captain uh, Blackjack. Okay, Randall. very interesting. And is it cheating though? But is it cheating? Is it cheating? Is yeah, it interesting I, I think that's the question. Because you assumed that you were never going to get back from the past, right? After you became the healer, right? But I do get back, mm. uh, and I'm pregnant. Okay. Uh, what do I tell Frank? <laughs> yeah, what are you going to tell Frank? I don't know. It sounds interesting. I need to learn more about this universe. It's more interesting than I What do you mean? Thought our universe yes, that we're the shared one and I'm the bad guy. And what's what am I? I'm a pirate? You're a English redcoat. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, it's always the fucking English, isn't it? Yeah, they're history's bad guys. Yeah, okay. So I'm one of history's, history's bad guys, but I'm a baby guy and I'm the same guy. And do I know about the time Timey wimey stuff, or I don't think so. Okay, I'm just trying to get you. I think the only person who knows about it is me, mm-hmm. and you're actually not trying to get me. You're trying to get Jamie. Okay, my husband. Husband, mm-hmm. right? Yes, not my wife. Yep, my wife Jamie is my modern day wife, mm-hmm. but my old timey spouse is a husband named Jamie. And this was two more than 200 years before Borat, which is why you didn't do the uh, yeah, impression. yeah, yeah. We don't know about that. If I would have done that. In 1743. It would have changed the course of the universe. Yeah, and I just, I can't be responsible for that. Yeah. 
Okay, that makes sense. And the reason that I think that you've been sent back in time and that I'm just here and back in time is because Anne and Martin wants mm-hmm. us to go back and study what's going on with Logan. And does she? I think so. Because it, it feels like <laughs> what happened is we came up with a concept for a show, mm-hmm. which was saying guys but baby guys. Yeah. Realized that that only counted for six episodes. Yeah, and they're already gone. And they're gone and thought, well, we're not going to come up with a whole new canon for these three readers', readers requests. requests. Yeah. So let's just lump them in with the portrait collection, even yeah. though there is is no baby Logan in any of these right. books. Right. That's true. There's no baby Logan. We start in Medias Res with 13-year-old Logan, the one that it's, we've It's a BSC known. book. It's a BSC book. It's a BSC book, except it's about Logan. Um, but we're like Quantum Leap because we got trapped and we can't stop- Traveling in time, and that's not my fault. And it's—I do believe it's. Anne's We're getting fault. closer. We're yeah. getting closer. Getting closer. We're getting. We're closer. now at thirteen-year-old Logan. Yeah, that's in good. Nineteen ninety-two. Yeah, that's pretty essentially the same as now. And what we did read this week was Babysitters Club readers' request number one, Logan's story, and it's uh, the story of Logan. And it, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's nice to finally have a man's point of view. Oh, and don't I feel? I feel the testosterone. Coursing through my veins. Yeah. And I just want to punch the ah, marriage story. That's great. I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. Okay. <laughs> and, that's... and he punches a wall because he could have been fucking women in his 20s. Okay. So, uh, so it's... And that's me. It's another book about men. Another that's not me. product about men suffering. The, the yeah. worst indignity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what happens to Logan here. Uh, he uh, is is bullied. He's bullied for being babysitters a club. Good human being shouldn't be. Can't shouldn't have a boy be. being a babysitters club. We're gonna get into it. We're gonna get into talking about the plot. It's a very interesting one. It is definitely handled by, um, uh, let's just say, a beloved writer of these novels. <laughs> but what we like to do is describe the book, don't we? Mm, do we? I think so, yeah. You've already teed me up twice now for two different segments that I'm desperate to do. Yeah, okay. Well, I appreciate and, your restraint. And every time, like so much Lucy, <laughs> you've pulled, pulled the football, the football back yeah. from me. Mm-hmm. Well, what we'd like to do is describe the book, and I think that we should get into that, and then you can do all the segments you want. Okay. Um, so I, we're st- even though it makes less and less sense, I think we're still committed to doing a lullaby. And okay, and that doesn't make any sense anymore. And that just really doesn't. Uh, but we're still baby guys, and we're still, you know. So if you want, and wanna... we're still committed to helping your kids sleep better. Yeah, and that's I think the main thing is people have grown accustomed My kids to been it. Sleeping like shit lately. Have you been playing the podcast for him? I mean, I'm I'm a constant presence in his life. Yeah. So like, shouldn't that be enough? Mm-hmm. Apparently not. Because he wakes up at four fucking thirty every morning. Yikes! Every morning, every single morning, and I just go into his room and I get. Two inches from his his face, and I say, "Sleep later." <laughs> and how's that go? Bad. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's the problem. Um, great. That sucks. I I hate that for you. And uh, if you have babies, and this includes you, Tanner, if you have babies or if you know a baby, now is the time. Hold the podcast up to their crib, and if you don't know a baby, go find a baby. They're ev- they're fucking everywhere. Babies are everywhere. They're all over. Um, and what you can do is hold the podcast up to their crib, and you can say, if you want, if you feel like they'll appreciate it coming from you, 
you can say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. You can say it along with me. Whatever works best for the baby, you know. Y'all ready to get lulled? Yeah, but if you do say it to them, yeah, kind of bark it. Yeah. Y'all ready to get lulled? Yeah. Like that. You yeah, want to say it, it loud enough and forcefully enough that it startles them awake mm-hmm. so that Jack can... So I can I can get him back to sleep again. Yes. Um, and I'm going to do that now, and I'm going to sing a lullaby that I have written, which describes the plot of this excellent tale about Logan. I would love that. Okay, well, great. S- sit back in the cut. Just enjoy this. Uh, you'll learn a little bit about the book, and you may get lulled, frankly. Okay, here we go. Logan Bruno is everything okay. No, sir, no, sir, I live in a dystopian society where everyone's murdered on their 30th birthday. Once you turn 30, things go downhill. They say you're ascending, but actually a sophisticated AI forces you to undergo a rite called the carousel during which you are killed. Logan Bruno, is everything okay? No, sir, no, sir. I was implanted with what's called a life clock crystal at birth that ominously counts down to something called my last day. Logan Bruno, is everything okay? No, sir, no, sir. I'm being pursued by an elite death squad called the Sandman because I decided to run away. Once I emerge, I'll finally see the sky But I'll learn that the fabled sanctuary I've been seeking was always a lie Logan Bruno, is everything okay? Yes, sir, yes, sir Although there is no sanctuary and society is essentially disintegrated I'll live to fight another day Here's my concern Yeah, it gets a little wordy Great song And the babies are asleep Babies are asleep, and congratulations. So we can talk frankly. Here's my concern. Yeah. I texted you earlier today mm-hmm. and said, your lullaby, my quiz. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to stick with the time travel baby stuff? It's no longer baby books. Right. And you said, haven't read the book yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how we... Which we wasn't helpful. I was like, I don't know how we're going to play it. I'm going to leave it up to you. We'll figure it out. That was like... Not that long ago. Yeah. The song you just sang, the lullaby, Mm -hmm. seemed, Mm -hmm. and I might be wrong, like it was about Logan's run. Yeah. The movie. Mm -hmm. About dystopian future. And that's what we are discussing this week, in which um, a... Uh, there he's called Logan 5. And here's my concern. Did you just watch Logan's run instead of... Uh Reading the Logan story, it's a, it's a fucking classic. And I, when I saw that no, come up good. on my docket, I was I was so pleased. It's a great fucking movie. Did you read Logan's story though? I've, it feels important. Well, I don't need to read the screenplay. I no, saw, like I saw I what happens think... in his story, and right. and the story is basically that I described it. But we'll talk about it more. Basically, it's a society that because of overpopulation, they like have these no, I've seen life it. clocks, and yeah. they count down to thirty, and then there's this ritual called the carousel. But actually, what's happening in the ritual is is thirty year olds are are getting killed, and so uh, everyone only lives till thirty. And but Logan figures it out, and he does escape to the upside, but he gets chased by these police called the Sandman. And I've seen and I've I have seen it. Oh yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. When um, we had a former coworker Mm -hmm. who once turned thirty, 
and I was already 30. Yeah. And on Slack, I spent a full like 48 hours trolling her about her passing her life gem. <laughs> when she turned 30, I was like, oh, are you have you like talked to a doctor? About, have you like, passed your life, your life gem yet? Gem? And she's like, no, what's that? And I was like, oh, well, everyone knows this. Or I guess you yeah. don't know until you're 30, but like when you turn 30, you like excrete a life gem. <laughs> And like, do you have plans for what you're going to do with your life gem? <laughs> and she was just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What are you talking about? And it's just like, the life gem, the life gem. I think that's almost <laughs> certainly what it must have been like to live in the Logan's Run society. Uh, but I'm delighted to be talking about it because it's, you know, it's fucking time. It's time we got one for us, you know? One for us. Yeah. Us, the prisoners in the dystopian future. Yeah. Running from the sand men. Yeah. And notice I said sand men. So, finally, one for us. That's one finally one for us, and it's the it's a book about the men this week. Jack, I feel like this is the best way to lead into my first segment of the evening, mm-hmm. which is sort of incoherently titled "The Adult Baby Baby Guy Baby Quiz of the Week." Is that right? Um. No, no, and also, given the music that's playing, it, it's important to say it with some kind of enthusiasm. Okay. I think it's the Babysitter's Club Adult Baby, Baby Quiz of the Week. And it doesn't have anything to do with babies, and neither does this book or this episode no. or Logan's Run, for that matter. No. Yeah. Um, but I did write a quiz. Great. Let's take a quiz. And it is kind of relevant to the patriarchy and like... Perfect. Just dudes being dudes. It's one for the guys, this one. It's one for the guys. This is one for the guys, and here's my yeah. quiz, Yeah, Jack. And it's called, Are You Cancelled? Okay, great. And I think probably yes. And here's how it works. I'm going to okay. ask you nine yes or no questions. Okay. And just keep track of the number of times you say yes. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Question number one. Mm-hmm. Have you ever said that you prefer the natural look when discussing a woman's looks? You don't have to answer out loud. Just keep track in your own head. Okay. That's okay. great. I'll do that. Yeah. Question number two. Have you ever... And that's that's true for all of you in, baby, yeah. in the adult baby society that we... The baby babies. Podcast for. Amongst the baby babies. Have you ever described one of your girlfriend's friends as, quote, sexy? Okay. <laughs> Three, have you ever attempted to emasculate a male friend by referring to him by the female version of his name? For instance, if you had a friend named Logan and you referred to him as Lois. As Lois, which does happen throughout this novel, yeah. Question number four, have you ever attempted to emasculate a male friend by implying he can't catch a ball because it would, quote, ruin his nail polish? Okay. Question number five. Have you ever excused poor male behavior with the phrase, boys will be boys, like Mr. Bruno did? Okay. Mm-hmm. Question number six. Have you ever attempted to emasculate a male friend at a career fair by offering to help him find, quote, the booth for health careers for women? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Is something funny about that? No, I just, I'm kind of nodding along, trying to keep count here. Yep. Question number seven. 
Have you ever attempted to emasculate a male friend by saying they weren't allowed in the men's room to find a lost babysitting charge, implying that it's because they're a woman? Okay. Question number eight. Have you ever attempted to emasculate a male friend by saying that he's at the wrong track and fields tryout mm-hmm. and that the girls' tryout is another day? Okay. Question number nine. This is the final question. Mm-hmm. Have you ever objectified your group of female friends by responding, which one, when a male friend asks, who's the cute girl? (laughs) I thought that was a sweet moment. (laughs) I thought that was a sweet moment. Okay, so that's a hard yes. Can I give the results now? Yeah, give the results. I'm going to kind of keep it to myself. If you answered yes to any question, you're canceled. (laughs) Well, if you answered yes to any question... You're canceled, and you're also Clarence King from this novel. <laughs> so you're the canceled king. You're the canceled king. This week. And I think I'm probably canceled. You're canceled. Um, and that's okay. Sure. And we learned something. I guess it's not. I guess it's very specifically not okay. As long as you're growing. I thought it was sweet. That, so that moment I wrote down as being cool, and I'm realizing it's probably not, but I'll just read it out. A couple of my new teammates, plus some of the other guys, were watching the cheering. With a big smile, Peter Hayes turned to me and said, Hey, Logan, who's the cute girl? Yeah, Lou Greenberg said, his eyes glued to somebody. I followed his glance to the stands. Claudia was throwing her head back in a loud victory howl. Chrissy was trying to do a wave with Marianne and Stacy. Don was doing a kind of impromptu dance, and Mal and Jesse were jumping around excitedly with a bunch of kids. I laughed. Which one? (laughs) Oh, well, I guess some people found it kind of cool to be cheered on by pretty girls and little kids. And I did find that cool, and now (laughs) I am... Canceled. Yeah. Um, Logan knew exactly which one Luke Greenberg was talking about because it was he Claudia. Also described her as sexy earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. Before I decided this is going to be a quiz that I did, I just marked every passage as strike for the patriarchy. <laughs> I will not do segment music for that. <laughs> Claudia looks like a model. She's really slim with long, jet black hair. Her skin is perfect, and she has these gorgeous almond-shaped eyes. Her family is Japanese-American. She also has a really hip, sexy way of dressing. Okay. Thanks, Logan. Yeah. Thanks for the peek into your dark, twisted mind, Logan. I was looking for this book in the iBooks. It is marked very prominently as being listed under social issues. <laughs> Are they all marked that way or is it just No, this book? just this one. It's the first time I've ever noticed it. The Apple team was like, this one's too hot for TV. Yeah. We got to put it under social issues. Um, and it, we're learning a lot. And we had a lot to learn. And we had a lot to learn. Oh, and why don't you describe the book? And I didn't. I haven't. Because I'm realizing now that I described, and it's a mistake anyone could make. You described Logan's run. I described Logan's run, and this is Logan. Uh, Although he does run in this, and he he does he does he try to join the track team, which is a lot of where the confusion came from. Um, this is Logan's story, and that's different, or is that? Well, I don't know. I don't know how different it is, or whether it's different. But I'm starting to think I may have described the wrong thing. Logan Bruno is a Runner. Boy babysitter. Boy babysitter. Are you describing it? Yes. I love it. And we're not even timing it. And it's just going to happen. Logan Bruno is a boy babysitter. 
And he is feeling insecure about that. Mm-hmm. He gets a lot of shit from his buds about yeah. the fact that he's a boy babysitter. Because boys can't be babysitters. No. Only girls You do know what that. boys can do? Football. Sports, which is what yeah. Logan also does. Yeah. And that is sort of the B plot of the, the book is that Logan is trying out for – no, he's not trying out. He's on the football team. He's on the football team. He's trying out for the track team. And he's trying out for the track team. But he gets a call one day. Mm-hmm. And Christy's like, Logan, can you come over? We have an emergency. He goes over. Turns out that Jeff Schaefer has a burst appendix. Dawn flies back to California for two weeks to be with Jeff while he's in the hospital. And Logan needs to fill in as a temp Full-time employee of the Babysitter's Club. Alternate officer. Alternate officer. And he needs to come into every meeting, and he needs to pick up Don's babysitting jobs. And he doesn't want to. No, because it keeps him from his football practice, and it keeps him from training for the track tryouts, which are coming in. Right. But he's a man of his word, and he says he will do it, and he keeps that promise, and it keeps him from going to football practice, and his buds, including Clarence King. Who's a real meathead. Sort of spearheaded by Clarence King, decide to give him a lot of shit for skipping practice and being a boy babysitter. Including a favorite of yours, Tanner, and I think you're canceled, actually. Yeah. Um, because Should I read the poem? No. <laughs> Last time you read the poem, I cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) You noticed immediately. You texted me. You were like, where's my poem? (laughs) Put the poem back in, coward. Put the poem back. I was like, I needed 10 minutes out of the episode. Um, There's only one good boy in this book, other than Logan, who's kind of- Medium boy. He's a medium boy. There's only one good boy, and it's Austin Bentley. And anybody who's a fan of Pete Black is canceled. Austin's an ally. Austin's an Austin's ally. Austin's an ally. Austin is the um, A of LGBTQA. Okay. And that's Austin. And it's Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't, I've always wondered what that A was. Um, and um, let me read you two passages. One is about Austin and one is about Pete Black. And you can tell me uh, who's canceled. Okay. This was going way. Oh, and what, this one's a burn, but whatever. There's so many burns in this. It's book. just too many burns to even count. Yeah. And we'll get to why later. This was going way too far, and I didn't have to take it. But before I could say a thing, Coach Mills blew his whistle. Okay, line up for calisthenics, he called out. As we trudged into formation, I ended up next to King. Ew, who wants to play football with a girl, he muttered, changing places with Austin. Shut your mouth, you orangutan, Austin said. So Austin is fucking not having it. He's ready. And then later on, King tackled me on a handoff. And while we were on the ground, he said, so what's this I hear about you joining the Girl Scouts too? In the second half, just as I was about to catch a long, perfect pass that would have been a sure touchdown, I heard Pete Black yell, watch that nail polish. Yeah. I dropped the ball. And this is all because he babysits. And I guess if you're a huge fan of Pete Black, you've got some answering to do. I've got some self-examination to do. Yeah. I didn't expect this. I thought... I could trust Pete Black, and I guess mm-hmm. this is sort of my YouTube apology video moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I've taken all my makeup off. I'm sitting in like a sort of a nondescript room, mm-hmm. and I am very heartfelt, being very earnest and authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can tell I've been crying. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say this to you, Jack. Yeah, 
And I'll say this to you, the adult babies. Mm-hmm. It's the baby babies. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And had I known that Pete Black was going to be so toxic, yeah, I wouldn't have supported him the way I did. He wouldn't have like a 10-foot Pete Black poster on your bedroom wall. Yeah, I wouldn't have a big heads. <laughs> bobblehead. Bobblehead sticky of Pete Black. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have a whole segment dedicated to how awesome he is. Yeah. Because what he did was inappropriate. Yeah. And there's no excuses. And there's no excuses for Pete, and there's no excuses for me. And I've been an Austin Bentley fan all along. And, and Jack has always been an Austin Bentley fan, and I can confirm that as his longtime collaborator and friend. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed. And that's going to be your most viewed video ever, and you won't get demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> um, good, good, good. Um, so we're I, we're just describing the book, and I like it. I like it. It's free form. We are just describing the book. And what's that sound, Jack? <laughs> what is it? Is there something? It's like a it sounds like in music. The distance? Is it music? Yeah, I do hear distant music. And it sounds like music. It sounds like Blink 182's song. Damn it. Wow, that's that sounds. That's like the ultimate form of music. Uh, yeah, you you've said it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's getting louder. And, and what's that? What's that I hear? What what is it? It's all right to tell Pete what you think about feet. His writing <laughs> it feels new and gives us a laugh too. And now we're receiving his words, and I'm wheezing. I'm nip deep. And crawling, these words have me lolling now. And it's happened once again. I'll turn to a friend, someone that understands, sees through Pete's master plan. Now that the books are done, there's still room for some fun. Tickle our funny bone, Larangis' moment is up. Larangis' moment's up. Good. And, and, it's and it's Pete wrote this one, and it's sweet Pete wrote it. And we waited for a long time before we said it, but we were both bursting. And we to are talk about it. nipple deep. We're nipple deep. Jack is sweet, nipple sweet deep. Seas. I'm belly button deep in a sweet, sweet, sweet sea. It's not different seas. We're just different heights. Yeah, it's it's the same sea. We're standing arm uh, hand in hand. Hand in hand in a sweet Gazing sea. out at the sunset. Yeah. And we are both nipple and belly button deep in a sweet sea of sweet. Uh, inhaling the sweet aroma of sweet Pete's sweet, sweet feet. Mm-hmm. And then that's just washing over us. Yeah. Jack, at what point in this book did you realize that this was a Pete book? The Hobarts are in this one. The Hobarts. The Hobarts. And there's a. So we're going to have a lot of fun with Australian accents today. Yeah, everyone always loves that. <laughs> And Logan really bonds with the Hobart boys, and I think that's part of his crisis is that he's he's being very affectionate to mm-hmm. them, and they, they get along really well. And I just want to say, unlike yeah. Pete Black, I like that, and I think it's good. Yeah, uh, but Clarence King and Pete Black don't like it. But here's the first scene of them playing together. First, I'm gonna shoot the bear with my bow and arrow. <laughs> then I'm gonna chop off his head and skin him and put him in the oven and eat him. Johnny Hobart was having a life crisis in the last few weeks he had decided that everyone around was bigger than he was smarter than he was and stronger than he was 
and he had come to the conclusion that there was only one thing to do about it. Kill them all. <laughs> That's what jogged me. Like, literally what Ghost Rider would take that particular risk yeah. for a good joke. And there's only one, and it's Pete, and it's Sweet Pete, and that's when I knew. And when did you know, Tanner? Mine came in three phases. Mm -hmm. It was like I was standing in an ocean of Sweet Pete's sweet feet, and the Mm -hmm. tide was coming in. And the lapping waves slowly crashed over me, eventually consuming me and pulling me in the undertow. Yeah. And it started with the smallest wave. And page 10... You probably already guessed that my main interest is sports. Well, three of my main interests are football, baseball, and track. Not that I'm a stereotypical jock. I don't eat steaks for breakfast, grunt when I talk, or have trouble counting past my own weight. Actually, I don't know any athletes like that, although King comes close. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I think it was that ascending? Yeah, it's an ascending trichola. Trichola. Yeah. That really caught me. A rhetorical flourish. Yeah. Yeah. Then at page 16, I took the note. I am 90% sure. That that page 10 note was like, yeah. is this possibly is this Pete? Pete? Yeah. Page 16. I live closer to school than Marianne does, so my house was our first stop. As Marianne walked me to the door, I said, what are you doing tonight? Well, first I have to study for a math test, she said, with about as much enthusiasm as if she had said, eat Brussels sprouts or clean the bathroom. Sounds exciting, I said. Can't wait to hear the details. <laughs> Good. Good. But it wasn't until late in the book, Jack, mm-hmm. when the kids are at the health fair that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, uh, yeah. The thing about the health fair, and I'll just say briefly about the health fair, is that um, it w- it's such a boring idea. Yeah. <laughs> the, the like, deep pl- B plot of this is, like, the Babysitter's Club is making a booth at a health fair where they're talking about babysitting safety. It sucks. It it's sucks. It, Of all the fairs and festivals that we've had as B plots, like, I think this is Pete's way of, like, blowing up the concept, where he's like, okay, you, you, all right, Nola. All right, Anne. All right, yeah. Suzanne. Y- y'all want to see what a fucking fair slash festival B plot looks like when it, y- you really don't give a shit? What if it's like <laughs> a bunch of booths where they're talking about like the fucking food groups? You can get your blood pressure taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's that? I mean, he made it work. It's Pete. I was riveted. It's Pete. I couldn't take my eyes off. Well, and of that's it. and that's it was in the health fair that I finally realized that this is a true Pete book. Yeah. And it was. Tommy Anatomy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen and bodies of all ages, he announced. <laughs> I'm Tommy Anatomy, but my friends call me gross. <laughs> and this is a man who's like in an inside out outfit. All his bones and guts and organs are on the outside yeah. of his body. And that's Pete's character Bible, too. Yeah. Only Pete would be like, I've got this guy. That I've been sitting on for a long time called Tommy Anatomy, and I don't know what to do with him. And then it's like, oh, well, I'll put him in the health. He's got an inside-out body, and all his guts are on the outside. Yeah, and it's actually very scary. Yeah. I would love to just get a peek at the Christopher Tolkien-esque, like, unfinished tales. Oh, God. Of yeah. Pete's character Bible. Like, all these characters, like Tommy Anatomy, 
that Pete just never found a place for. And all his, like, unpublished, like, languages that he completely, like... Oh, I'm sure Tommy Anatomy has his own entire language that Pete's written the compendium to. Right. Um, Can I give you one second Pete moment? Because there are just so many that I captured. And it is... uh, It's also, I think, it's another arrow in the bloody torso of your hero, Pete Black. Okay, and as I have already, I've already kind of fallen on my sword about this one. Yeah, well, it's, there's going to be a new round of media coverage because he fucking did it again. But it's also a great Pete moment, and I think the fact that I captured it possibly as something that I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, and I have to tread very carefully here, but may put me in line for uh, an imminent cancellation as well. And so uh, this is actually my. YouTube apology video, okay. and um, I'm. It's just me. I'm not like I'm. I don't. I'm not smile. I'm, normally, I like, smile, and I have like a stupid fucking catchphrase where I'm yeah. like, "Howdy, campers!" or "What whatever. up, guys?" And this time, I'm like, "Hey!" And it's. I'm just like being real. Yeah. Long pauses. Uh, long pauses, and it's like it doesn't seem scripted, right. um, at all. It is, um, and I'm, and I. I saw this moment and I um, thought it was real funny and I and I'm realizing now that it's not and uh, please do smash that subscribe button yeah and uh, I'm it looks like this one is gonna be one of my biggest videos yet yep I felt torn I wanted to run after her and tell her it was okay after all it wasn't really her fault who would have thought Jenny would do something stupid like that. On the other hand, I was pretty annoyed at Jenny for running onto the track. We were lucky there hadn't been a serious accident. I should explain. Jenny Prezioso came to the track meet track practice meet. and ran onto the track. Marianne was watching her. She was babysitting her, and she ran onto the track. And Logan and his track buddies almost ran into her and ended up and kind of collapsing into a heap. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Was the only thing I could think of saying. Just can't keep the girls away, huh? Bob said with a sly grin. Okay, yep. Of all ages, Alex added. Peter looked with mock horror at an elderly woman who was walking by the school. Quick, hide him. Look who's coming. Okay, and I I guess it's your apology video, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, another guy steps in, and he's also not in makeup, and he's also looking <laughs> very, like, yeah. uh, solemn. And it's me, and it's me, Tanner Green. Yeah. And I say... Um, we're going to fucking rack up the views on this because it's like two big stars. I should say now that I took a note about this passage and what I wrote was, ha. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I thought it was a very funny joke. (laughs) Uh, But we don't anymore. And we don't. And yeah. And it's ageist yeah. and it's sexist. And, and it just sucks. And Logan is doing the right thing here. He's living his life and he's not going to be constrained by your like patriarchal idea of yep. how to fucking be. Should we take a break? Yeah, I was thinking we might take a little quick break. Good. And think about what we've done. Adult babies, we're going to take a break. Yeah. We're going to do a little bit of self-reflection and think about the transgressions that we have committed yeah, and hopefully we'll come back better and stronger than we ever have been before. Yes. Okay. Goodbye. goodbye. 
Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the... Jack's, Jack's jerks, jumping jerks, Jack's jumping jerks, and Tanner's tiny, tiny ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time, um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in... In best yeah. fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. I'm really, I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well I'm glad. But you're now back I'm in. I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven. D thousand. Okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates all the time, so you can keep playing as much as you want. Yes. So that's what level I'm on, and I am having fun with it. It's me, it's Mordecai. Yeah. It's... um, Okay, that's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. You haven't got there yet. uh, It says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge-worthy, and it's like, it's bite-sized. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge-worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. (laughs) Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. Babies. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner, I'm realizing that uh, because we didn't do a timer, we didn't actually say what happened. What do you in mean? The- Normally we time ourselves and we try to get the whole plot in in sixty time seconds. I don't time myself. And this time you didn't. I don't and time you. Excuse me. I don't time myself when I do the plot of the book, and I don't time you. What I usually do is like I'll play a game or I'll right. watch okay. a video or I'll do something to distract me for like 
Yeah, 60, seconds. 60 seconds. Exactly 60 seconds. And we, there's a reason that we do that. If you can cast your memory back. And the reason is... Back and I'm, I'm thinking of my husband, Jamie. Okay. Perfect. A Celtic warrior. Oh, okay. So that's the first person who comes to mind is the new thing. The well, fresh I new would say thing. old thing. I would say old thing. Okay, but... Because he was in like 1430 or whatever. And what about the one you left behind? I'll get back to him someday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's unhelpful. And what I do want to do is just quickly tell the baby babies what happened in this book, because I bet a lot of people didn't read this. Even the, the biggest fans of the Babysitter's Club don't know. They should. It was good. It was fucking great. It was a BSC book, except it was Logan, and it finally yeah. won for the boys. Yeah, and he eventually he emerges from the um, underground society, and he sees the sun for the first time, and he realizes that the th- whatever the overpopulation problem that existed that caused them to murder everyone at the age of 30 no longer applies yeah. and i it kind of the earth has been retaken by nature yeah and it seems like he is going to be able to oh fuck that's um the other logan book that's logan's right fuck 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 you caught me up in it too i think that's logan bruno boy babysitter which we're reading next week we're gonna reach that read that later yeah. so in this one what happens is that so logan freaks out he's getting teased and he's trying to hold the line but it ultimately gets teased? to him he's getting teased by clarence king that doesn't there's no character in that movie called Clarence King. Okay, no, this is no. You're still on the wrong one. This is the one that it's about the football. Boy. Oh, 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 yes, There's yes, a yes. The book, yeah. the book, the book, the book. And he eventually quits the babysitters club after an event at the health fair where uh, he loses Johnny Hobart, and Clarence King actually finds Johnny Hobart, and it gets even worse. And he quits the babysitters club, and things are strained between them. But then they do a track meet tryout and Logan wins the race because the babysitter's club cheers him on and he decides to come back as an associate babysitter and that's the end of And he's on the track that. team. And he's on the track team. And And, you know and you who didn't get selected for the track team? What? Who? Clarence King. Clarence King didn't make it and he faked an injury because he was so embarrassed. Oh my thigh. Sorry, my thigh seized up. Fortunately for all of us, despite the fact that Logan has embraced the idea of doing quote-unquote girl things like looking after babies and being nurturing and caring. I look after a baby every single day of my life. You call me a girl? He does still. And if you, uh, you know what? If you were, yeah, it's fine. And I wasn't. But Logan has done you one better because he does destroy his opponents in a primal contest of raw physical power instead of asserting the notion that the patriarchal values uh, that they have espoused are meaningless and regressive and socially constructed in the first place. And so he does kind of put the the things back in balance. And that's – I think that's one of those strikes for the patriarchy. But it was a different time. It was a different time. It was 1992. Desert Storm was raging – yeah, everybody was worried about Desert Storm. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have time for this stuff. Right. Let me draw your attention to a passage, Tanner. And this is, <laughs> has nothing to do with anything that I've been talking about, but it really stuck out at me. And Can this you is find the... a way to segue it with Desert Storm? Because I think that's kind of a natural segue. No, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. You're not even willing to entertain the, the thought. What was his name? General um, Schwarzkopf? Ollie North? No, it was General... No, that's the wrong country, dumbass. Uh, <laughs> General Schwarzkopf. That was a name that everyone knew in 1992. Um, I want to read you this passage. Okay. I listen to this. It means blackhead in German, and that's a kind of zit. Okay, that's fine. 
Uh, this is the deep D plot, uh, which is it, it, basically it's the conceit whereby Dawn disappears and uh, yes. Logan has to take her place. And Jeff has a append, appendicitis. Jeff has appendicitis. Listen to this. The doctor told him he'll be playing tennis again in two weeks, Dawn replied. And you know what Jeff said? Fantastic. Who's going to teach me? We groaned. And Doctor Who is in this one. I just thought it was interesting. Doctor oh, in and who's going to teach him? Yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. The Doctor Who. And it, I just thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. They put Doctor Who in this one. Mm-hmm. And it's 1992, so it's... 92 uh, Doctor Who is probably... I think this was in the, actually in the dark period between Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann. Oh, so it was like there was no Doctor Who in this time? There was no Doctor Who, and guess what? Everyone thought there was no Doctor Who in this time, but there was because Pete put him in the book. And this is and this is where the Doctor Who lore ended yeah. up in that time. Yeah. And this is what Pete does. Jack. Yeah. Do you remember when you and I were deeply, deeply into Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we dressed up as um, Amy Pond. To the point that, like, you were on the BBC as a Doctor Who expert? I, if you, baby babies, you may not know this, but if you get the right, and I don't even know how you would get it, but if you get the right Doctor Who DVD, the DVD extras have some, like... Matt, this is Matt Smith era Doctor Who. Th- there's some, like, t- a bunch of talking heads, like, talking about the, the legacy of Doctor Who, and one of them is me. Um, but And then now Pete has rekindled my love for it. Yeah. Um, but you and I were asked to do a, a video short for the Doctor Who something something anniversary, and you we, and I were asked that. You so and I, I were, I and we dressed up as asked. Amy Pond. We both. Oh, dressed that's up right. As Amy, <laughs> we did like Amy a, Pond. we did like an inner like a spot for like the yeah. BBC like Doctor Who. Marathon, I never saw if it went anywhere. Where both of us dressed as Amy Pond <laughs> in her like iconic red sweater like leather miniskirt. Here's outfit. what I'll promise. I. I and I'll cut this out if if I can't do it. But if I can find that video, I'll pl- I'll play I'll play a clip from it right now. Great. Hi, this is Jack Shepard from BuzzFeed.com, and Tanner Ringerud from BuzzFeed.com. And up next, one of our very favorite Doctor Who episodes: Let's Kill Hitler. You were supposed to be the Doctor. Why would I be the doctor? I'm supposed to be Amy. You were supposed to be the doctor. How does that even make any sense? I don't know. And anyway, I thought that was interesting. Pete put Doctor Who in the book. I thought it was interesting too. Jack. Yeah. May I introduce a segment? Please. It is this. Okay, that's a new one, right? And is it's it the- a new one, Jack. And you think this has legs? And it's like Great American Novel of the Week, except it's the Great Chinese Military, military treatise, treatise of, of the, the week. week. Yeah, Jack, I'm going to read you three quotes. Okay, this is a test. And this is a test, and okay. you have to identify two of the three quotes are from Sun Shu's The Art of War. Okay, and the third quote is from. 
Babysitter's Club readers request a numbered Logan story. Okay. And you have to tell me which one is from which. Okay. Quote the first. (sighs) Okay. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. So I think this is before the track contest, like the tryout when Logan's trying to psych himself up to beat Clarence King. Is that That possible? That was Sun Shoes, the art of war. Fuck, okay. Published in the 5th century BC. Wait, how many of these do I need to get right to pass the quiz? Just one, I think. Uh, just one. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. tough. Okay. It's really tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Question the second. Yep. All warfare is based on deception. Hence, when we are able to attack, we must seem unable. When using our forces, we must appear inactive. When we are near, we must make the enemy believe that we are far away. And when far away, we must make him believe that we are near. Okay. Well, this is a trick question because it sounds like something Christy would say, but it's actually, I think it's Art of War. It's that Sun Shu, the Art of War. Yes. Okay. Fuck, so you already passed. Yeah. So should I even do the last one? Do, let's do the bonus question. Okay. This, this is a bonus question. Jack has already passed, but you can play along at home. Yeah. In warfare, mm-hmm. you always try to attack first and put your opponents on the defensive. Mm-hmm. After a while, the losing team's morale breaks down. And they begin defeating themselves. And that's the same quote, and it's also Art of War. It's not. Sure. That's Logan Bruno. And I, I did s- sneakily swap out the, the word team sports for warfare. <laughs> but that's just translation. That's just a translation That's a translation choice. thing. And, that's a trans- and then we're talking about 5th century BC yeah. Chinese. Yeah. So it, there's a lot that's open to interpretation with those translations. And Pete is just so well-read. Yeah, and Pete is really well-read, yeah. And also, he's obviously somebody who's one of these dudes who like reads like Machiavelli mm-hmm. and Sun Chu and like. And he's friends with the McAfee guy, the guy who does the the virus protection guy, the virus protection program, who's kind of like gone off the rails lately. <laughs> he has like sex with gorillas, I think, or or what does he have? Sex whales, with? whales, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't, and that's a, this is meme of the week. If you haven't looked into what John McAfee's up to lately, <laughs> the guy who, d- who did McAfee baby babies, yeah, he's gone off the rails. He's a wild man now, and he has sex with whales, and he's like as much as you possible. It's possible to go off the rails, <laughs> yeah, like fully off the rails. But he's also like a multimillionaire, so he's just somehow able to get away with it. Right? I think he killed a man. He may have killed a man, and he may have fucked a whale, and it <laughs> just and we're all just fine with it. And he also put, like, fucking fake virus software on all of our dad's computers. And we're fine with it. And yeah. we've all just accepted it. And we're like, John McAfee's fucking whales and killing men and giving us all viruses. Yeah. Very rich. Okay. It's 2019. <laughs> Almost 2020. It'll be 2020 by the time this is out. Wow. That's no, it's, something it's to think about. It's 2019 we're recording, baby. Wait, aren't we in the past in babies. Glasgow? And it's 1492. It's almost going to be 1493 when this comes out. Right. And it's not cheating if they're not born yet. No. It's not. How could it be? 
How could they don't it be? even exist? They don't even exist. And it's fine. But how are you going to explain that baby when you come back to the present time? It's your baby. <laughs> oh, it's my baby. Okay. I mean, not yours. Oh, okay. Okay. When I yeah, come yeah, back yeah, to yeah. present time, I'll explain to Jamie my wife. Yes. Okay. My gotcha. female wife, not Jamie, yeah. my male husband. Right. No, Jamie, my female wife. It's your baby. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you talk to her. Yeah. That's nice. That's lovely. It's lovely to get a peek into your your love language. Um, I'd like to introduce a segment that's that normally you introduce. Okay, now you're making me feel bad. And are you trying and I to think undercut me? Your favorite segment of all time, and it's and it, there's music already playing. But it's called Dad, Dad Watch. Watch. Yes. yes. And it's where we check in on the dads of Stony Brook and what the dads of Stony Brook are up to and what there are new so things many we dads learn. in Stony Brook, and yeah. there is one dad in particular that Jack and I have really attached to. And as yeah. far as we know, mm-hmm. unlike some of the other male influences we've attached to in these books, he is not canceled. No, but we did get a little more information about him this week. Yeah, and I guess I'll just read this passage. Yeah, when Marianne arrived at the Prezioso's house on Saturday. Mrs. P. was wearing a long, flowing silk dress. Welcome, Marianne, Mrs. P. said. What do you think? Do I still look like a blimp? What? Oh, uh, no, not at all, Marianne replied. She realized Mrs. P. was talking about her pregnancy weight, which she hadn't totally lost yet. That dress really covers it up. You look normal. Andrea Pezzioso. Yeah, Andrea. This is this is early lore. We're back in 1992. Yeah, Andrea, the one who was foretold. Mrs. Prezioso has just given birth to Andrea Prezioso. Yes. Um, the precious boy. The precious boy. <laughs> Normal. Oh, thank goodness for that. Mrs. P was smiling, but I think she was expecting Marianne to call her ravishing or something. Yeah, <laughs> don't tell someone they look normal when you they ask normal. you how their dress looks. <laughs> Marianne. Marianne, I'm going to pause Dad Watch. For, can we pause Dad Watch for a second? Yeah. If you need is, to. If you need to. If it's important. I've got a note for Marianne. When somebody asks you how their dress looks, normal is not a good answer yeah. ever under any circumstance. Even if somebody says, do I look normal in this dress? Don't say yes. No. You look great <laughs> in that dress. You look great in that dress. Yeah. Mr. P walked in busily and that's tying. Mr. Prezioso. Yeah, busily trying to tie his bow. Logan tie. is using some kind of shorthand here. That's cool. I think it's cool as hell. He was wearing a suit with a shirt corner sticking out. Hi, Marianne, he said. Oh, Nick, let me get that, Mrs. P said. And we, that's a tasty morsel. Oh, and I'm just like, Gollum, <laughs> grasping onto my precious. Well, and well, look well. what I have here is my precious, and his name <laughs> is Nick. It's Nick. Nick Prezioso. It's Nick Prezioso. Oh. And you know what else we know about Nick Prezioso this week, Tanner? He wears a bow tie? Yeah, he's not going to a basketball game tonight. <laughs> he might be. I don't think so. Maybe what they're dressed up for. You think they're going to a, like Stony Brook Tigers boys basketball game? <laughs> And Mrs. P is wearing like a silk dress and, and Mr. P is putting a fucking bow tie on. No, they're doing some dumb thing. They're going to Shea Maurice again. And they're missing the fucking, it's the gladiators, right? I think it's the gladiators. Nick is going to be on his phone the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> the whole Just time. Just like watching the boys basketball game. <laughs> Nick, honey, what are you looking at? Nothing, nothing. nothing. Um, I think, 
Oh, wait, no, I've got a little more dad watch. Okay, and there's cool. more. We're tracking all the dads, and this is just important. I just want to say it real, real fast. Every one of them. And this is what Logan says. For example, he'll talk to me for hours, and it's about his own dad. For example, he'll talk to me for hours about so-and-so's batting average or the best way to run a defense against a strong quarterback. Anything related to sports, which makes sense when you consider he's a manager for a sporting goods manufacturer. Okay, and, and this that's is what the Logan's true intention dad does. of dad watches to yeah. track the what jobs. Yeah, we don't get dads. his name, but we know what he does, and Pete threw us a bone there. Because the thing is, yeah. no one really knows what their dads do for a living. No. <laughs> Look inside yourself right now. Yeah. Yeah. Baby babies. What does your dad do? Answer this question. What does your dad do for a living? What does your dad do? I'm going to guess 90% of you would be like, oh, uh, I know vaguely what he does, and I know like vaguely where he works, but I don't actually know what he does. If you put us in different rooms and you asked Cyril and you asked me what I do for a living now, mm-hmm. you would get equivalently vague answers. What would you, What would Cyril say? Cyril would probably say... I want my alligator. He likes to talk about alligators now, and he calls them alligators. That's very Logan Bruno-esque. Yeah, I want my alligator. alligator. And that has something to do with your job? or Well, it's complicated, but it's like strategy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, freelance, like, like strategic. It's consultant. a little bit of like taking an owl's head and putting it on an alligator's body yeah, making yeah. it work. Yeah, just make it fucking work. Yeah. Um, and that's what the dads are up to. That's Purple Cow. It's Purple Cow, and that's Seth Golden. It's Purple Cow. Uh, yeah, and it's Seth Golden. You've seen a million cows on the side of the road, and you ignore them. Yeah. <laughs> you see one alligator with an owl's head, and you're yeah, like, Yeah, oh. you're going to stop. Yeah. And uh, we've had a hit segment that is less and less relevant now that the girls aren't babies and it's not the girls anymore but it's baby themed and we're still baby guys and the way that we do it is that i'd say it and you're not invited to and it's it's called oh it's run it okay probably should but it's our Baron? Baron. And Baron? Baron is Scottish for baby, and we're ba- baby guys. You get a little hiccup in there. Baron. Baron. And I'm Baron. Baron of the perfectly. week. Perfectly. And what we do is we talk about our burn of the week, and we probably have about a thousand of them each. I have a thousand, and actually a couple turn into a bit of my baller of the week. <laughs> okay. Turn up on some of them are birds and some of them are ballers. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Because I think I found secretly the best okay. burn in the book. And there's a secret best burn in the book. And it's a little nug hidden by Pete. And it's secretly the best burn in the book. So I'll let you go first because you probably got some of the like trash burns that Pete shot up a bunch of flat cannons and that's what you ran into. Yeah, I got a lot. I, I'm going to do one of those, and I'm going to try it because I'm realizing that a lot of these burns could get me canceled all over again. And I've just done the apology video because they're all there. There are a lot of there's a lot of very funny back and forth that is essentially to summarize it. Some of Logan's teammates suggest that he must be a girl, right? And then he because he does babysitting retorts, and then there's okay. a lot of that, uh, right. and some of it's pretty funny. But wrong. Is it? And it's not. I don't find it funny. 
Yeah, me neither. And but here's here's one where uh, it's right at the end of the book, and it's when King Clarence King, who is a real villain in this one, mm-hmm. manages a new a to, second character called just King, just King, like Lane Cummings' boyfriend. I'm glad that's stuck with you in New York. Yeah, his name is King. Uh, it's weird that there's now two kings. There's two kings. I think there's at least two kings. Right. There might be a third. I think there might be a king in Palo City. Wow. Yeah. What is Anne up to? Something to look into. Yeah. We three kings. Of Orient are. And yeah. That's, and that's and interesting. Now we're and that's something. And now we're, yeah. <laughs> Christmas Carol. <laughs> Listen. I want to tell you this, and it's Christy, and it's when King finds Johnny Hobart because Logan lost him, and it's a cause of great embarrassment, but King does bring Johnny Hobart back to the Babysitter's Club booth at the health fair, and the following thing happens. I forced these words out of my mouth. Thanks, King. It hurt, but I had to say it. Hey, my pleasure, King said. You girls ever need another member? You know who to call. With every stupid thing King said, I could feel myself shrinking. But Christy just sneered at him and said, Don't push your luck. We have a minimum IQ requirement. <laughs> Christy has a few great like shots at King. Yeah. And that, They're all very you, good. You come for the King, you better not miss, and she didn't. So my baller of the week is actually related to the same moment in the book, which mm-hmm. is... King runs into Logan at the health fair. Logan is babysitting for the Hobart boys. He makes fun of all three of them, and then Johnny Hobart tugs on Logan's shirt sleeve and says, Logan, I have to go to the potty. And then King, an like, adult man, makes fun of a six-year-old boy for saying the yeah. word potty. Yeah. And Logan and Johnny go off to the bathroom. Yeah. I don't go to the potty. Only little boys go to the potty. Guess what? I wasn't the only one upset. King had insulted Johnny Hobart's big boyhood, and Johnny wasn't going to take it sitting down. At least, not sitting down on the potty. <laughs> and that's. And are you laughing at that? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. That's, okay, so you're... I'm in trouble. Canceled. Okay. Uh... He okay. didn't really mean it, I said, trying to sound like... And it, I, do, I just I could do want to say that it's okay to sit... Uh, it is okay to sit down on the potty. I do it all the time when I'm just yeah. kind of feeling winded by life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, same. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, just, and I'm, I'm just so tired and I'm not going to stand to pee right now. I think sometimes I don't even need to go at all. <laughs> I'll just go, <laughs> and sit, <laughs> go sit on the potty for a while. <laughs> He didn't really mean it, I said, trying to sound like I was telling the truth. He knows you're a big boy. I am, Johnny agreed. I can use the toilet like a man, too. Go get him, Logan. I'll show him. (laughs) (laughs) That's my baller of the week, because Johnny's just like, you go get Clarence King right now and bring him him in here, Yeah, and I'm going to show him how I pee. (laughs) You bring him here. You bring, bring him here, and I'll bring, show him how I pee. Big fucking bruiser, and he'll watch. <laughs> you want to see this, motherfucker? <laughs> That's great. Watch me pee, <laughs> King. But that wasn't my burn, Jack. That was my no. baller of the week. There no. is a, a deeply embedded secret best burn of the book. Yeah, in this book, and it's secret. It's the secret burn. Okay. 
When it was 4.30, Coach Mills blew his whistle and yelled, Head to the showers, boys. See you Tuesday. Same time, same station. Coach Mills loves cliches. I saw my friend Austin Bentley trudging towards the sidelines. Talk about names. Can you imagine being named after two cars? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's also a Lorangis moment. Yeah. That's very good. And it's like, it's Lorangis burning Anne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know you named this guy after two cars? He's like, I came to this late, but you named one of your guys after two cars. <laughs> I just want you to know that. <laughs> yeah. That's very funny. Very good. Um, First line of this book, Tanner. Yeah. Hey, Bruno, you okay? Clarence King asked, bending over me. I lay on the grass holding my head. I felt as if it had been taken off and then put on backward. And he has a snake in the grass. And it's the snake in the grass. And it's Logan Bruno. And the first moment that we meet him. Okay. What I understand from this is he's lying in the grass, which is something that snakes do. Yeah. (laughs) And also, something I know about snakes is that if you cut a a viper's head off, the head can still lunge and strike and... Po- uh, poison you with its venom. And that is science. You can't be too careful about a snake's head because it can still strike and get you with its toxins. Right. And I think maybe that is what Logan is referring to here. Yeah. And that is what Pete is referring to and he wanted to get that in there and he wanted us to know that that was something that he was aware of, that particular mythology. Um, I'll just add that there's a passage late in the book where Logan is weighing whether or not he should be a babysitter or a sports guy. Mm -hmm. Something we've all weighed. And he says the following thing. Part of me wanted to say, I'll do it, but I stopped myself. On Wednesday at 4, I was going to be at track practice. I wasn't going to miss it, and not because I was afraid of teasing. Track was just more important to me than sitting, that's all. The scales were starting to balance, and I didn't want to tip them the other way. Scales. Scales. Suddenly, those dumb scales were making me think about sports, about the BSC, about me. And it's a snake, and his snake scales are making him want to do the bad thing, which is sports and patriarchy. Original sin. Go away from the good thing, which is babysitting and just being a regular person and not worrying about that kind of stuff. Uh, and he's a snake. He's a snake in the grass. He's a snake. And he's a demon. He's a demon. And we all know that. Is that something we still... And it's something we still say. Um, and I think probably we should go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anything that you would like to say before we leave? Well, the Brutus are pigs. Okay, well, that sounds pretty important. Uh, in the same way that the girls are seafood, the Brunos are pigs, which is okay. like land food. Okay, and would you like to elaborate on that by quoting a passage from the novel? Come help set up, my dad called out, and we bolted out of the room as if we were on fire. Why? Because there's nothing like a good Kentucky barbecue, and my parents make the best. Dad does the grilling, and Mom makes the sauce. It's pig heaven. Okay. If I were to die tomorrow, Jack... Mm-hmm. I think that the place I would go is human heaven. Right. And I would say, if you were to ask me, where are you going to go if you die tomorrow? I would say, Mm -hmm. oh, human heaven. Not after you cheated on your future, Jamie, with a past Jamie. And that is one of the Ten Commandments, huh? Yeah, I can't do it. Fuck. Well, I might go to human hell, but like either way, I'm going to either human heaven or human hell. Right. You're not going to pig anything. I'm not going to pig anything. 
The Brunos. They're going to go to pig heaven when they yeah. die of, I guess, like heart attacks. Oh, no, 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 no. Pig heaven is actually a Chinese food restaurant on the Upper East Side. Of Austin? New York. Oh, I can go there. So you can go there. Should we record from pig heaven next week is my question. I would hope not. No, I think the Brunos are pigs in the same way that Dawn is a clam, Stacy right. is a lobster, Christy is a fish, and yeah. Abby is a manatee. Yeah. They are all from coastal regions. Right. Dawn is from And California. the Brunos are from yeah. Louisville. There's and the no Brunos are from Louisville. There. There's no body of water there. So if they're going to be any kind of meat food that people eat, mm-hmm. they're not going to be seafood. It's going to be pig food. They're going to be pig food. Yeah. Pig, uh, human food, pigs. And that's just Pete also having fun. Where Jeannie was like, okay, over to you, Pete. All these girls are clams and lobsters. And he's like, I got it. That's Pete claiming lore in the same yeah. way that Jeannie claims lore. And it's not the one time Pete claims lore. I'll yeah. say that. I'll say that okay. now. And if you're, and, and I know you want to get out of here quick. No, I want to hear it. Let's hear it. Let's If you're hear. interested in hearing another t- time of Pete claiming lore, I have Say one. it. I have one. I have one. I want to hear it. That's all I'm saying. Say it. This is the one time I'll get sentimental. Okay. Marianne's smile absolutely kills me. Oh, wait. This is you or? No, it's Logan. Okay. Marianne is pretty to begin with, with long, wavy brown hair and piercing blue eyes. And unlike a lot of other girls I knew in my old school, she hardly ever wears makeup. I prefer the natural look. Okay. And that's canceled. That's canceled. Yep. She's also a great listener and hand and has a terrific sense of humor, and I feel totally relaxed around her. But it was her smile that first made me notice her. And to this day, it does this amazing thing to me. It kind of seeps in chest high, and then spreads through me like some incredible magic potion. Okay. Jack, if you were to describe anything as seeping into you, chest high, or I would say nipple deep, Mm Mm-hmm. And spreading through you like an incredible magic potion, mm-hmm. what would that be? Uh, very easy to answer that. It would be the sweet, sweet aroma of the sweet, sweet feet of sweet, sweet Pete. <laughs> and S- it, Pete is trying to reclaim yeah. the Larangus moment now. Yeah, for himself. For himself. And he's because he's a pulp nymph and he dances across the pages with his beautiful words, he is described... Something that you and I have tried and failed to describe. Yeah, we've tried. We've tried. You've heard us try. Thousands of times. Yeah. And he has done it perfectly. It's exactly what that is like. This is what we've been saying when we're swimming nipple deep in a sweet seat of sweet seat. That's what sweet, we're saying. Sweet, sweet peat feet. It's like a magic potion. It's we are, we are seeped chest high in an yeah. incredible magic potion. And that's beautiful. And he's he's just claiming it. He's like, boys, you're boys, unoriginal. You're unoriginal. That was me. That was me, and that's how I've always said it. And yeah. that's how I've always described my own words. Yes. And that's love. And I am intoxicating to you in the same way that Marianne is intoxicating to Logan. Yeah. And I understand that. And I hope we're going to see more of it next week, but I don't know. because I don't I know either. don't know who wrote the other book, Logan's Run. Uh, but I do think, uh, alas, it is time for us to leave and go, and we're still trapped in the past, and yes. we're the Outlanders, and we are, uh, the one of us Outlanders, is, and we're doing sex uh, with... I don't know. We're doing sex with people we shouldn't, because they're from the past, and yes. we got trapped there, but are, we still have our spouses, and it's 
wrong and it's bad, but it's not cheating because they're not born. And we're canceled and we apologize. And this yeah, is our apology both video. And this is our and, apology yeah. video. And hopefully we'll be racking up those subscribers. Um, and that's a great segue because please do, I guess, subscribe <laughs> to our show like, and rate it on iTunes. And smash also, that like button. for the love of God, subscribe to our Patreon. We need you over there. We're elite babies over there, and the elite babies are having the best time. And we talk about the little sister books, and it's so much fun. And it's just $5 a month, and it's a whole new show, and it's a very good show. And it's patreon.com slash podcast. Um, and do buy our merch. We've got stickers now. Bit.ly slash BSCC merch. We got stickers. We got t-shirts. We got all sorts of good stuff. And it's good. And it's great. And you should go and get it. And um, that's it. That's it. And all that remains is for me to tell you that this week we read a novel. It was called Logan's Story. And next week we're going to be reading the second uh, Babysitter's Club reader's request. And it's funny that uh, of all the reader's that requested things that they only requested three things. And the three things they requested were two books about Logan and a book about <laughs> Shannon. And then they were like, yep, no, that's it. I think you, I think you covered it. No, we're good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. That's it. No, no, no. We just wanted two, wanted two about Logan. We wanted another one yeah. about Shannon. Yeah. And that's it. That's all babysitters, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so next we're going to be reading Logan Bruno, boy babysitter. Okay. And um, in the meantime, it falls uh, to me to say uh, that I am Jack Shepard. And it falls to me to say that I'm Tanner. Green ring. And it falls back to me again, in this case, to say the following thing to you. And it is a uh, warning. And it is an entreaty. Okay. Um, I'm prepared and- to receive this news. And is this. Please do round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Fight the future. We are handprints in the cement of time. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been. I literally, I finished the book tonight yeah. in the presence of my wife. And when I finished, I did like a fist pump. I was like, whew, <laughs> yes. And she's like, what? And I was like, it's a peep book. And I fucking knew it. <laughs> that was a HeadGum Podcast.